What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, it is good to be back, dude. Thank dude, you for holding down the fort while I was gone. It's good to have you back, Colin. I was uh, I was getting pretty lonely uh, without you on these last two episodes, but uh, it's good to have you back. My back was really hurting. Dude, I, I can imagine. I mean, I weigh five... 100 pounds and so for you to carry that i mean that's just it's impressive that you held up in the first place i'll give you that much thank you thank you uh i really i i I missed you on that last mvp episode uh we had our guest ryan but me and ryan really spent like half the episode just talking about soccer Hey, which is good content. It was good content. I listened in as a, as not a soccer fan. It's nice to hear that stuff. You know, I feel like I can go have conversations with my soccer fans now. Um, let's go Juventus. You know, that's that's pretty much what I picked up. <laughs> it's funny because they didn't actually talk about Premier League, or they did talk about Premier League, not whatever the Italian league is. I know that much. I took a quiz recently on uh, Sporacle to just see how many like like professional soccer teams I knew and I got like 10 nice in Europe that's pretty good yeah it was, it was there's a lot of them so yeah exactly so to get 10 was actually I felt pretty stupid I thought I could get at least 20 but no chance did you uh did you listen to like my MVP analysis did you think my list was pretty good yeah, I thought your list was pretty good. I, I do think that it's pretty narrowed race at this point. I think it's Jokic's to lose, especially with Harden going down in injury now. Uh, LeBron's been out. Embiid's been out. I mean, in a shortened season, missing three weeks is pretty tough, especially right now. You know, I think if you miss three weeks at the beginning, is a lot different than missing three weeks post-All-Star break because this is really when things start to heat up and people really start to pay attention to, to what's going on in the playoff race so yeah I mean I think it's Jokic's to lose there were there were some nice points though I mean I agreed with pretty much everything you said from what I remember um yeah like that's that's how I feel about it yeah I was actually talking to one of my friends and they were um they were a little sad I didn't have Joel Embiid higher but Joel Embiid's actually still played 10 less games than LeBron this season, Colin. And I was like, yeah, there's no. no way he can be in your, like, MVP shortlist if LeBron isn't in. LeBron's not even in the MVP shortlist anymore, really. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... Yeah, Embiid's played 33 games? Like, what? Like, you're going to tell me a guy that plays 70% of games can be your dominating player like that doesn't your mvp of the league not my mvp not my mvp baby no um i'm trying to think there was something that you said oh like i liked the the trivia when you were guessing all the oh that was pretty good mvps uh yeah it was pretty good you nailed that i knew larry bird i forgot about uh bill russell winning back to back yeah you know those are some bullshit uh MVPs given to him, you know. Yeah, dude, the, the league was okay, but oh, this is why this is what I want to say because I wanted to give you my trivia. So, Bill Russell went to San Francisco College, which 
you might not recognize <laughs> as an NCAA powerhouse, which rightfully so because they haven't West Coast Division in years. West Coast Division, but I will give you this tidbit: Bill Russell, while in college, won two national titles. While he was in the NBA, he won eleven NBA titles, meaning in his seventeen years between college and NBA. He won 13 titles. That is ridiculous. Wow. That is insane. That is Born just, winner. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, like knowing that, like, I, I almost, like, want to go back and throw him in my top 10 players of all time because I feel like I snubbed him. Wow. Uh, I actually have a little trivia stat for you, too. Uh, last yeah, night... Last night, Nikola Vucevic against my Indiana Pacers had a stat line of 32 points, 17 rebounds, and 5 assists. Um, Who do you think was the last Bulls player to hit those stats in a single game? Joe Kim Noah. No. It happened in the 90s, if that tells you it. Happened in the 90s? Is it Jordan? Yeah. It was Jordan in 1990. Who had a game where he had 69 points, very nice, 18 rebounds, oh, game. and 6 assists versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's uh, that's considered, by game score, the best game to ever be played. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was something ridiculous from the field. Like, he shot, like, 80% that night. Wow. And then when you when you tack on, because I think he also had like three steals and some blocks in there as well. Do you know what the? Like it, do you know who the second best game score game of all time is? Um, off the top of my head, I want to say it's uh, the David Robinson game when he put up seventy two. No, 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 I was wrong. Uh, it's the Kobe Bryant game when he put up eighty one. Wow. Wait, so do they have, like, Wilt Chamberlain games on there? No, because they didn't. It's it's only from 83 on. Okay. Because that's when the full book of stats has been kept. Because, like, like <laughs> Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double, and he didn't know that he averaged triple-doubles because it was, <laughs> like they didn't count assists or something back then. <laughs> like it, it wasn't even a thing. That's crazy. So, like... The only reason we know how many assists he has is because, like, we have, like, tape of all his games. And so people have literally just, like, gone back and been like, all right, like, let's find out how many assists Oscar Robertson had and, like, sit there and, like, tally it up. That's crazy. Right? Damn. So, yeah, because Will yeah. Chamberlain probably have a shit ton of games on the game score list. Exactly. Well, yeah, because he has, like, that one game where he had, like, a... Scored 100 points, quadruple yeah. Quadruple double. Have you seen that? No, he had like, he had more, yeah, he had like 40 points, 25 boards, 12 assists, 11 steals, and 14 blocks. <laughs> That's crazy. In a single game. It's stupid, it's stupid. Like, yeah, like, obviously like, that would be the highest game score, but then like the big, one of the biggest part score is like efficiency and field goal percentage. So, like if you're not, you know, if you put up 40 points and shoot 30% from the field, like, no luck. 
You want to know what my favorite Will Chamberlain stat is? I do. He said that he has slept with over 20,000 women. I've heard that stat. That just, that that seems a little crazy. How is his wiener even putting in that much work? Yeah, the, uh, the logistics of it, um, (laughs) questionable. Has this guy been fucking since he was like eight? Dude, I mean, yeah, like, have you, like, read the stories about it? Because it gets, it's, uh, it gets grotesque, but, yeah, like, this, this guy was just, he was definitely a machine, but, I don't know. <laughs> On and off the court. Like, the emotional, just, just, like, I mean, there's, there's no love there. I mean, that's just, at some point, like, that's got to turn into work, right? 20, he's definitely not having fun. Like, he's not having pleasure from it no. anymore. He just wants the record. Yeah, it's, it's purely an addiction. And maybe an exaggeration, but let's not get Like 20,000 women? accuse anybody of exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, that's like the other thing. It's like, like, do you think you've even like, like interacted with 20,000 no, people? No, not even close. A level of like where you would even like know their name. <laughs> not, not even close. You knew all of these people's names, but like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, you know, good for Wilt, I guess. He's fucking, like, basically an entire, like, town in, like, Maine or something. My town has 30,000 people in it. Oh, where do you live? Um. What's your address? Social security number? (laughs) I live... I live in um, New Orleans, the new one, the New Orleans. The New Orleans, okay. It's a great time, the New Orleans, it's a great time for great people. Uh, Hey, speaking of New Orleans, now uh, I read a list recently that uh, had, had mentioned some people about this list that I may have read and you know maybe you read as well I did I did also read this list uh, it kind of made me a little mad okay. honestly yeah you mad online dude I'm mad yeah, online yeah I was firing off hate from the burner accounts on twitter okay okay, okay wait, we missed this one because I was gone but the uh, the KD Michael Rapaport. oh my god you see that yeah, that was Dude. that was a lot. Like, uh, it was. It, I mean, oh my god, dude! If that's what KD's saying to some fucking D-list celebrity on his burner, what do you think he's saying on the court? Like, he's you, he's got to be talking so much talk. shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, and like that shit. Like, I was like, man, like this guy. He really, he did not care. I didn't know he had him in him to do that, honestly. He was, like, fucking going off. That was vicious. Yeah, dude, when he brought his wife into it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like Michael Rappaport, but, like... No, he sucks. He deserves it, but... Oh. Katie went in. Yeah, that's not, like, if it... Yeah, if it was about somebody, like, you know, a little... A little bit more you know, likable, I, I may have been like, hey man, like, let's, uh, you know, this guy's just trying to get a reaction, I, I know that can be a lot, but 
maybe calling him a, you know, <laughs> that they can be tough on the ears sometimes. But yeah, no, the funniest part was, I guess, that Rappaport had called himself the king of smack talk. Yes, <laughs> that was, and started crying because people didn't want to pet this dog at the dog park. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> like, like uh, what? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you go to. That's your sob story. Like, I mean. And yeah, wasn't it something like Dave Portnoy and KD were like on the same side because they both had beef with Rappaport? Um, yeah, I guess that was part of it too. Because Rappaport worked for Barstool, and I forget what happened there, but there was a, a dramatic exit by him, and I guess it was rather distasteful the way he did it. Because I know that. My, my barometer for Barstool is, like, I, I really like the part of my take, guys. And mm-hmm. um, Dave talking shit, like, I mean, he likes to talk shit with, like, literally anybody who will give him the time of day. So, like, I don't really pay much mind to Dave. But, like, the part of my take guys seem to kind of be offended by whatever transpired between them. So... Yeah, so then Katie was, like, making fun of him for getting clowned on by Dave because they'd made, like, a, a shirt making fun of Portnoy, and then Portnoy tried to sue for defamation, and so then Katie was like, fucking sue my ass, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the... Which I don't the, really like Dave Portnoy that much. Uh, I think he's kind yeah, of an I, ass who does, like, good stuff to keep being an ass, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I I liked Dave when he was fat, because I was like, okay, like this guy like being <laughs> he was humble. Like, that's just like funny. Like yeah, it's just yeah. He's yeah. I think it's like gone to his head. Um, yeah, and I I think he he said some some stuff over the years, and I'm just like, ah, uh, that's pretty questionable. But the part of my take, guys, stand up, guys. Uh, I love 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 the part of my take, guys. I. We'll listen to that podcast till the day they stop, which I hope is never. Yeah, I'm um yeah I'm a pretty big fan of those guys. But you know, we're an up and coming podcast too, Colin. Yeah, we're an up and dude. Yeah, we're like we're two listeners away from getting Dollar Shave Club dude. ads. Oh my god, dude! I'm selling out as quick as I fucking can. Imagine we get the Club Dollar Shave Club bag. I'm quitting my day oh. job. I'm gonna be. Do you think the Dollar Shave Club bag is just like they give us like a discount to Dollar Shave Club? Free razors for life. Free razors for life. I mean, I'll take it. Be. I'll become a razor salesman. I, I actually use an electric razor, so I would just like pile up. But like that way, if like the apocalypse ever happened, like you know, you're not fucking. I use the lawnmower V2, which I'm almost positive is not part of Dollar Shave Club. I think it's a manscaped a product. No, it's called the lawnmower. This is a terrible name for no, a it's product like pretty that. good product though. All right, well, juice it on your face or like you know, yeah, maybe it's on the face. South. It's on okay. the face and the no. gooch mainly. No, the lawnmower that feels like a product that is exclusively gooch. <laughs> that that's like immediately right where my head goes. Like I don't need the lawnmower to touch my face. Like lawnmower, like that thing, that thing is for the southern regions only. You know, I, I need something a little more gentle up by these tasty lips. 
Dude, are you hairy down there, Colin? How much gooch hair you got? All right, let's get to this list. <laughs> ESPN <laughs> released a list of their top <laughs> their, their top prospects under 25. And you know, this uh this was met with quite the criticism from NBA Twitter in they came out in droves to let uh, ESPN know that they disagree with how they ranked this list and um you know I, I think you were a part of that actually yeah so um i think you did a pretty good job of explaining it to me earlier colin can you just explain to the listeners how they um made this list yeah yeah and i think it's it's very important to understand the context in which they framed it so the list is uh 25 under 25 so it is 25 players in the nba all under the age of 25 and the list is ranked based on ESPN's idea of who is most likely to become a superstar so not necessarily where these players are at currently uh, but where their potential might take them and basically it's really just who has the highest ceiling is kind of yeah where they go who is the highest ceiling that they actually can be reached you know because you know you know you've got a guy like anthony edwards on this list whose ceiling is you know through the roof he could be anything but i don't think realistically he's ever going to live up to what he can be if that makes sense yeah i agree with that all right so with that out of the way um Let's break this list down piece by piece, and you and I can go over our opinions and how we feel about it, and maybe where ESPN uh, goofed up. Yeah. Alrighty. Number one on the list, uh, Luka Doncic. I don't think that there's much disagreement there. Yeah. All. Yeah, I don't think anyone's debating um, that Luka isn't the best top uh best player under 25 right now i think it's a pretty big no-brainer uh i mean we're looking at a future mvp here colin um mm-hmm. if luca's gonna win mvps at some point it's really just win yeah, um yes and yeah he's gonna be the face of the league eventually which i would um i would put good money on yeah and i think he's already in i mean lebron has been the face of the league for 15 years now but um I, I think you always kind of have like a, a subset of like three or four more guys who are also the face of the league and right now I think that's Giannis, Luca, Lamelo, and Zion. Like I, I really think those are your biggest commercial hits. Um you can disagree with me with you can disagree with me if you want, but I, I really think if we were to take down like ESPN, Sports Center, Instagram, like those are yeah. the guys that are getting the most hits. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, no debate there. I mean, for second straight season, Luca's averaging 28, 8, and 8. And it's like, crazy to think that he's not even like in the MVP shortlist talk this year. No, it's tough. Okay, so that's what I wanted to say. You had said you didn't remember the last time an MVP 
winner one not being a top three team and it was Russell Westbrook in 2016 when he had his first uh, triple double season mm. when he averaged the whole the Thunder were the fifth seed that year um, interesting so I do think so that's that's what I'm gonna say so I don't think that the Nuggets getting the fifth seed necessary precludes Jokic especially because it's so tight at the top of the West yeah did you like did you, how did you feel about that take where I said, like, um, it wasn't really on, like, Jokic is going to do what he does every night. It's more on um, Murray and Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon to just help the Nuggets get no, enough actually, wins. I, no, I really like that take because I think that's really important because if, if the Nuggets are the number one team in the West, like, nobody questions that Jokic is the MVP. Yeah. Like, like these numbers are ridiculous, especially for how he's – you know, revolutionizing the center position. We've talked about that in length. So, no, I really enjoyed that take, actually, that it is on those guys to just continue to make the Nuggets win and make Jokic look good. Yeah. Jokic, he's up eight points per game this year. That's That's crazy. I mean, to be an all-star player... His shooting splits are crazy, too. I apologize, it's seven points a game, but... Yeah, his his effective field goal percentage is sixty percent. That's insane. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Alrighty, I, that was the take that was bothering me because I wanted to correct you on that, and I would have. Wow, that's a podcast. Kind of crazy how far we've came in only like what five and a half years that Russ won the MVP, averaging a triple double, and was the fifth seed. And like, right? if he did that this year, like he probably doesn't even make the short list. No, no, and that's definitely where like the the media storylines come in. Because oh yeah. By the third year, he did it like nobody cared. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's still really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, another face of the league, guy, Zion Williamson's at number two. Um, again, no debate there. I was telling you about the stat line earlier that uh, for twenty straight games now, Zion has scored twenty points on 50% shooting or better. Like, every single night, he has shot 50% better and scored 20 points for 20 straight games. That's crazy. It's yeah. It's yeah. I mean, ridiculous. Zion's already the best paint scorer in the league. That's um not even up for debate, really. And, you know, Colin, we're not even seeing him. I think we're going to see a new side of Zion start to develop, which the Pelicans have already started to experiment, which is Zion as a playmaker, really. Which I think is something that's really um, that he is kind of underdeveloped for him right now. But if he can ever develop it to where it's like a superstar, elite level of playmaking, um, he's going to be unstoppable. And I don't even think the Pelicans are set up very well to like let Zion thrive. So once you can actually build a team around Zion, um, he's going to be insane. He's going to go dumbo mode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's 6'7", playing the four. He could easily be a ball handler. I mean, again, this is a kid who's 20 years old. LeBron didn't start handling the ball until he, like, really bringing the ball up consistently until later on in his career. Um, I want to say, like, when, when the heat started to be a thing uh, and they really got in their groove, I remember him bringing the ball up a lot. Um and obviously towards uh, the end of the Cavs run when the Cavs really were just the LeBron James show. But yeah, 
In, so in his last 20 games, Zion is averaging 29 points, 7.5 boards, 4 assists, a steal a game, uh, shooting 65% from the field, 45 from 3, and really the only lackluster stat is that he's shooting 72 from the free throw line, but you take that. How many blocks? Yeah, that's okay. Half a block a game. You'd expect more out of him. Really. Yeah. Which, with especially, like, how much, how athletic he is and how much, how often we saw him in college blocking shots, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to think he's not averaging, like, at least, like, 0.8 blocks a game. Yeah, I think so, too, but who knows? I mean, like, truly, like, if he's at the four, he's guarding people that generally are going to have three inches on him. If, you know, yeah. I think it's something he can work on for sure, but it is tougher as an undersized guy like that to be a block monster. It's yeah. a lot more technical than it is just uh, power at that point. You know, like he can't be mm-hmm. Shaq and just be bigger than guys and get blocks that way. Rudy Gobert with his wingspan, I think his standing reach is almost 10 feet. You know, like. Yeah, like, Rudy Gobert is going to average a crap ton of blocks a game. Um, and obviously he has those leaps. So I, I think that he is actually going to get more of his blocks on the perimeter playing D out there than he will uh, in the post, which is where blocks tend to happen more often. Yeah, I think um, I think defense is one of the harder things to actually develop in the league too, just in terms of defensive awareness and positioning. I think that's something that only comes with um, playing more games, really. So that could be a whole nother side of Zion's game that hasn't even really been unlocked yet. Which is pretty scary to think about. It really is, dude. It is. Alright, so Luka and Zion, one-two punch. Nobody's arguing with that. Alrighty. We we start to get into the, the controversial part of this list now. Uh, should I just go three, four, five? We'll go three, four, five. Yeah, say three first, and then I think. Okay. Yeah, say who number three is. We have Lamelo Ball at three. So okay, and Colin. Without Colin. knowing, without knowing the rest of the list, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Just knowing Lamelo is three. It seems like too early for me. Like I just, I think he's having a great rookie season. I do, but I don't think that you can, you know, I've watched him play, and I, I think he's going to be really good, but there's so much talent under 25 um, that I don't know if 41 games gets you to three on this list. He's having, He's had a phenomenal 41 games. He has been instrumental in the Hornets' successes so far this year. He's only 19 years old. He is really playing at a a very mature level. But I I don't think that he has the innate um, superstardom that a guy like Luka or Zion does. Um, I think he still has a little bit more to do in developing his shot, in his defensive capabilities. Um, I mean, he has great court awareness. He's getting boards. Like, it's just 
I, I don't know. I don't know how to, to quantify it, but it's just it's too high for a guy who's played 41 games. Yeah. It almost feels like some of the other guys on the list, Colin, got docked down some notches or some points just because they've played multiple years in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, being older. Yeah. And I think that I think that leads into um, f- number four and number five on the list, mm-hmm. which number four is Donovan Mitchell and number five is Jason Tatum. Um, and yeah, it kind of feels like I have a lot to say about Jason Tatum uh, because he's one of my favorite players in the league, and the Celtics are probably my second favorite team in the league. And you know. If I had to pick between starting my franchise between LaMelo and Jason Tatum, I do think it's a hard, I think it's a pretty hard choice pick um, because LaMelo has shown that I think he can be one of those cornerstones of your franchise. And while Mm -hmm. you could argue his ceiling is higher than Jason Tatum, um, we've already seen Jason Tatum play four years in the NBA and he's gotten better every year. Um, You know, he went from averaging 13 points as a rookie to 15 to 23 to 25 this season. Um, and I don't even think the Celtics, Colin, are really set up for guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to thrive, really. Um, I think the Celtics, I watch Celtic games a lot, and too much of the time Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just have to set up um, their own shots, either through a dribble move or a pick and roll um, ISO situation. And I think they're really lacking a playmaking, like a playmaking first guard. Um, as much as as good as Kemba is, he's not a playmaking. He's not a pass first point guard, no. which is you know that's something he had to he had to not be in Charlotte. He had to be a score first point guard, so he doesn't really yes. know how to be a pass first point guard. And I'd love to see Jason Tatum play with like Kyle Lowry or like a Rondo type player. Um, I think he would really thrive not having to set up his own shot every time. And I think I would take Jason Tatum over Lamelo Ball. Um, to me, Jason Tatum's going to have a pretty similar career path to Paul George, which, I mean, is nothing to really... Um, that's that's pretty good. Uh, if I comparing, like, a guy who was second in the MVP voting two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I was a little mad that LaMelo was um, third over Donovan Mitchell, who is on the best team in the West right now, and Jason Tatum, who is one of the best up-and-coming players. And arguably the best player on the best team in the world. Yeah, he's the best player. It's a very balanced team, no doubt about it. Um, and I, I think that is why the Jazz are thriving, and it's they have some phenomenal veterans. Yeah, I guess that's really what it boils down to for me, is I think that they are expecting so much of LaMelo so quickly and I just don't see that happening. If that makes sense, like I, I think that the the way that I see the third guy on this list following Luca and Zion is, you're probably gonna win an MVP at some point. Realistically, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a five to six year gap or span that these players who come to the league at 18 and, you know, turn 25 at some point um, for guys. So, so yeah, so we've got like a six-year gap here. And, you know, maybe Luka and Zion bust off and, and win all of them. You know, maybe there's another loaded class that comes through. But 
an MVP caliber player at number three. And maybe that is LaMelo. But if I'm putting money on somebody to win an MVP in their career right now, I'm a lot more sure of Jason Tatum than I am LaMelo. Yeah. Right? I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I like that. I think Tatum's still developing um, every as much as every game he plays. Um, I was actually wondering, would you put in your own personal list, would you put Jason Tatum above Donovan Mitchell? Uh, that's a lot more dicey. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because Mitchell is in the perfect position right now. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz are such a well-run organization and that team is so good that Mitchell has given everything he needs to thrive, whereas Tatum, as you alluded to, might not be in the best situation for him personally. Um, no. And with that said, I mean, he's led the Celtics to... Have they been to three Eastern Conference semifinals? Or Eastern Conference finals? I think they've been to two Tatum? semifinals and one conference finals under Jason Tatum. No, definitely. No, because they were in the conference finals last year, right? They lost to the Heat. And his rookie year was... Oh, yeah. Kyrie went down, and they took that Cavs team to seven. Wow. Hey, so when you oh, think about I love Jason way, Tatum. Yeah, I love I Jason do, Tatum. I do think you have to go with Tatum because, I mean, as one that I don't hate nearly as much as you do, Noah, but that is De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings. And it's an interesting one because uh, unlike the players that fall directly below him, Fox has never made a playoff appearance before. So to give you context, seven is Ben Simmons, eight is Booker, nine is Bam Adebayo, and ten is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And that rounds out the top ten of the 25. Um, But given how they've framed that, um, where... What is your initial opinion on De'Aaron Fox being rated the sixth uh, best player in terms of future potential? Yeah, um, I kind of got beef with this pick, Colin. You know, I think De'Aaron Fox is, um, I think he's a pretty fantastic player, um, pretty good point guard. But when you look at the list, um, I just don't really see how these ESPN guys could put him at six. Um, seven, eight, nine. Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo—they're all above De'Aaron Fox in my opinion. Um, I'd take any of those guys on my franchise before I would take De'Aaron Fox. And looking even further down the list, Colin, at fifteen and sixteen, we have Ja Morant and Trey Young. And I really don't see how you could make this list and put Trey Young at sixteen, but De'Aaron Fox at six. Um, I really just don't see how that's a possibility they even could have came yeah. up with. It's especially frustrating because the Hawks are the four seed in the East right now, which is crazy. Crazy that uh, that's where it's at. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's averaging 25 and 11. Oh, he's down. He's down. 25 and 9.5 and assists a game. Mm. On an effective field goal percentage of 50%, I mean, man, that is, 
that is tough. To me, tough to swallow. To me, Trey Young's just natural offensive talent is almost good enough to put him in my top ten on this list. Um, I, you, Shea Gilgis is tenth, and Trey Young is sixteen, and I could easily swap those guys and make Trey Young um top ten because his offensive talent alone to me is crazy. Um, he's one of the oh, best absolutely. offensive talents in the NBA, and he's super young still. And I don't know, I just. I just would never take De'Aaron Fox over Trey Young. No, especially when, I mean, if you have LaMelo so high because of, you know, potential future value, Trey Young is younger than De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not even like, like, you can sit there and be like, oh, it's because Young is, you know, so much older it's it's the future value thing no fox is 23 at this point i mean obviously still young and has a lengthy nba career ahead of him but i mean by the time it's your fourth season i mean this is his last year on his rookie deal like it's not as though he's um just like this raw talent anymore and for a guy, you know, we said it before, he's averaging 24.5 points, 7 assists, 3 boards. He's doing it on an effective field goal percentage of 53%, which is awesome. Um, but the Kings just, they've never gotten over the hump. And at some point, you have to reward a player's ability to lead a team into the playoffs and have success there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I just I don't get how you can put Ben Simmons and obviously the 76ers have had their playoff woes, you know, Kawhi hits the shot that Kawhi hits. Um, I truly believe that if that shot doesn't go in, the 76ers are NBA champions that year mm-hmm. because I think that Bucks team was just a little bit too young. Mm-hmm. And I think that anybody is going to beat that Warriors team because they were disheveled. And mm-hmm. obviously, who knows if those injuries still happen in a different series. But, you know, say those injuries happen. I mean, I, I take the 76ers all the way. Um, I agree with that. And Ben Simmons is a cornerstone. You know, I, I get people point to Ben Simmons and say that stat line just really isn't all that impressive. And. The critique that I've heard, which is interesting, and Noah, you can tell me how you feel about this, is, I mean, he's not a guy that takes a ton of shots. For a three-time All-Star, in the last three seasons, he's averaged 11 shots a game. Mm. It's, it's very easy to watch a 76ers game and feel like Ben Simmons isn't doing a lot. Yeah, um, you know... Colin, I love Ben Simmons. Uh, He's one of my favorite players in the league. And when you look at him as a player, um, he can truly defend one through five. He's an all-NBA level, all-NBA defense level defender um, who's super versatile, especially in the league now where everyone has to switch pick and rolls. Um, His passing, um, you know, Colin, some guys just have that level of vision in their passing game that just can't be taught, you know? Like, it's not something that you can teach someone it's just something you're born with um guys like lebron i think Lamelo might be in that group of guys too and i think ben simmons is in that group which is something that is so valuable to me and sure his scoring isn't that great but when you look at the 
construct of the 76ers, I don't think you could put a worse archetype of a center next to Ben Simmons than Joel Embiid, who is a guy who wants to do all his work from the block, you know? Yeah. And I think if we I think if we got to see Ben Simmons in a different situation where a team is crafted around him, similar to what the Bucks did with um Giannis, I think yeah. we could really see him thrive. Yeah, and it's it's not to say that he isn't finding success with the 76ers because yeah. you're not a three-time all-star without, you know, some level of success. I I really think that prior to the Nets trading for James Harden, it was the 76ers conference to lose. They have mm-hmm. been balling out. They they truly I, I will say this, other than Embiid, they have built a team around Ben Simmons for him to succeed. Seth Curry and Danny Green are two of the best spot-up three-point shooters in the league, which is exactly what you need to put around a guy like Ben Simmons and a guy like Joel Embiid who needs the ball in the post and just kick it out and get guys that can have buckets. And then Tobias Harris is a phenomenal ISO player as well and can operate in the mid-post and extend out to the three-point line and works really well with Ben Simmons. So... I don't think that Ben Simmons' stat lines are everything they could be if a system was entirely built around him, but I wouldn't be surprised if the 76ers were able to knock off the Nets this year, uh, largely in part because of Ben Simmons. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that in part. Um, I think the Nets just have a little bit too much talent. But yeah, I really want to see... I hate the Ben Simmons slander. Like, yeah, it sucks he doesn't shoot threes, but it's not like he's not... I don't know. Like, I bet he's working on trying to shoot threes, but why shoot threes if he knows he sucks at it when he has all these fantastic other attributes that he can bring to the court? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, the other guys on this... Devin Booker at eight, I mean... I think we saw, you know, enough of Devin Booker without Chris Paul mm-hmm. to understand um, that Devin Booker alone is never going to put you over the top. I don't think. Um, I think he can. He's been incredibly efficient with Chris Paul, and honestly, his numbers have always been pretty darn good efficiency-wise. He's got a decent stroke from deep. Uh, great free throw shooter um 10 7 nice shot selection good distributor but um i don't know there's something to me about devin booker's scoring that without a seasoned facilitator is not going to be able to lead a team and Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that by any means. Um, but just some of these guys on the list above him can just do more than score and facilitate than he can. Yeah. Um, like, I'm taking Ben Simmons over him because I know Ben mm-hmm. Simmons can run an offense. And Devin Booker can be the face of an offense. I don't know if he can uh, be the machine behind it. Yeah, when you look at the guys on the list, Colin, and you look at Devin Booker in particular, 
there's such a big gap between his best skill, which is scoring, and then his second best skill, which I don't even know what it is because it's not defending. It's passing. Yeah, and there's such a large gap in between those two. And, you know, he's still developing, but I don't have a lot of faith in a guy who centers his basketball game around that, you know? Like, just being a scoring guy isn't good enough. Like, (laughs) you either need to have, like, James Harden's ability to pass, or you need some guy's rebounding ability, or you have to be an elite defender. Like, you have to have something paired with that. You can't just be a scorer in this league. Right, and he's not an elite three-point shooter by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, for six seasons now, he's been averaging six threes a game, and he's shooting 35.5%. Like, that's not... For somebody who is listed as a shooting guard, you know, I'd hope for better than that. Mm -hmm. And not to say that he can't improve, and we have seen guys develop three-point shots. Um... But he's already a shooter, so it's there is less room for improvement than a guy who really isn't taking three pointers, and and we don't know where they can go. Like Ben Um, Simmons. Like Ben Simmons, yeah. Ben Simmons, you know what? That's why he's higher. Noah. Ben Simmons three pointer has more potential than Booker's does. You're not wrong. Debate me on that. You're not wrong. On that, yeah, you can't. You can't debate me on that because I'm not wrong. Um, looking at the rest of the list, Colin, I actually had this question during when we were talking about the Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. and Jamal Murray is number 13, Colin. Who would yeah. you rather start your franchise with, De'Aaron Fox or Jamal Murray right now? You know what? This is a really interesting one, because prior to this season starting, I thought that we were going to see Jamal Murray yeah, just have an absolute killer season. Was he your Dark Horse um, MVP? Yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure <laughs> if we go back, Jamal Murray was my dark horse MVP, and uh, what a dark horse that was. Um, you know, he's stepped up this year. He really has. It's just not the jump that I thought he was going to take, and in part that's because Jokic has taken up such a much larger jump mm-hmm. than Yoke, or than Murray did. Um, he's moved his scoring from 18.5 points a game to 21.5 points a game. I mean... You know, you can sit here and sneeze at that, but that is still significant. Um, what's most important to me with Murray is he's shooting 41% from three this year uh, on an increased number of attempts. He was taking five and a half last year. He's taking six and 6.6 this year and moved from a 34% three-point shooter to a 41% three-point shooter. I mean, that in and of itself is uh, incredibly massive. Um, so I guess, you know, let's not knock Devin Booker for too long. You know, maybe guys can have jumps like these. And his field goal percentage has increased on increased shots. So, um, I, I think I would go with Murray. I think Murray's pure scoring ability is unrivaled. Not mm-hmm. unrivaled, but... Uh, especially when it comes to Fox. I just I think that the flashes that we've seen out of Jamal Murray um, make him, in my mind, you know, if we're talking about potential, I'm taking Jamal Murray over Booker, Bam, Shea, and De'Aaron. If we're purely talking about potential, mm-hmm. where I think Jamal Murray could go, I think he can be a superstar. I think he can be a bona fide superstar. Hmm. 
I think I'd take him over. I think I'd actually take Bam over Jamal Murray, no cap. It's just so tough for, to build a team around a, a center like that. And, and we've seen the struggles that the 76ers have had. And obviously, you know, the 76ers have Embiid and the Heat have Butler, who is, you know, kind of the franchise cornerstone as of right now. Um, it, but it is just tough because I, I think it's so much easier to start a franchise around the ball handler than it is the low post. Mm. I actually think it's easier to, I think it's easier to, um, form a team around offense. I think it's harder to form a team offensively than it is to form a team no, I think it's harder to form a team that is good defensively compared to a team that's good offensively. I think it's easier to find a bunch of guys that can score. But Bam can truly be the cornerstone of your defense. And especially at the center position, being that good of a defender is huge because you're going up against good centers every night. And I yeah. think that's something that's pretty, like, um, that goes under the rug in terms of when building a team. Just knowing that you have the center and your defense locked down. Um that's pretty important. That is very important, and, and you're right. Maybe I, I get ahead of myself just because I do love Jamal Murray so much. Yeah, you picked him um, as your dark horse MVP. I picked him as my dark You know what? Dude, hey, yo, wait, come on. Coming off of that playoff run, I mean, that really wasn't, like, that egregious. It re- yeah, it really just shows, like, how weird of conditions or how prime the conditions of the bubble were to let guys thrive. Yeah, which I have no problems with. I mean, yeah, yeah. Also, I, you know, I will own up to that take. It has clearly not panned out to be the case. Um, my fault. I was just, I was actually just looking at like the Nuggets roster, and I meant to say Nikola Jokic, but I looked. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Said, so that's what happened. Classic mix-up. Yeah. They do yeah, look pretty alike. Yeah, they look the exact same. And their names are spelled pretty similarly. Yeah, well, they're from the same country. Yeah, North Dakota, right? Not America. Yeah, they're from North Dakota. <laughs> they're from not America. That's that's what's important. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I'll, I'll back that take up, and, and maybe I'll, I'll agree with you on the BAM take because it is so difficult to build defense. Um, I know the Bulls are struggling with that right now, and, you know, We've got some phenomenal scoring in Levine, but um, as a defender, he really struggles, and the Bulls as a whole have been terrible defensively this year, and we've lost a lot of games because of that. So there is something to be said there. I just I really love what Jamal Murray has to offer, and if we can cash in on more of those 50-point games, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Uh, quickly before we wrap things up, Colin, can we just talk about my boy at number 18, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, yeah. 18th on the list? Yeah, it feels a little bit disrespectful. It does, but then you look at the rest of the list, and I really think he could only move up one spot. I think you could swap him with number 17 on the list, who is McCall Bridges. And even then, McCall Bridges is having a fantastic season and is proving that he's one of the premier 3 and D wings in the NBA right now. Yeah. 
I think what I'll say about Sabonis is I think this pretty much is peak Sabonis. And, I mean, he made an all-star game, his second in a row, so nothing to knock there. But um, I, I think that 20 points a game, 11 boards, and 6 assists is incredible. I take that all day, but I don't really see him improving much. Like, I, I think this is roughly what we're going to get out of Sabonis, and I think that's fine. And yeah, I think I'm happy he with that. will continue to be an all-star. And yeah, so if we're truly talking about potential, I think a lot of these other guys have more potential than Sabonis does. But two-time all-star. I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, other, well, let's just read down the rest of the list uh, so that you guys can argue with your friends if you're still around and hanging with us. It's uh, Brandon Ingram... Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., John Morant, Trey Young, McCall Bridges, Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, DeAndre Ayton, Tyrese Halliburton, John Collins, Jarrett Allen, Alonzo Ball, and Colin Sexton. Why does Colin Sexton feel like the perfect like last person? I don't know, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like he deserves to be 25. And it's because the Cavs are just like... 25 literally feels like the perfect spot for Colin Sexton. I know, like right up, right below Lonzo Ball too. Because Lonzo's <laughs> such a, like you know, like he, he's been a star for a while, or like he's been in the limelight for a while, and like it's always so up and down with him. So like he needs to be on the list, but like I really like don't have super high expectations of him. So let's not put him too high. And let's put Colin Sexton right below him. Fuck I really it. Don't know Just what put him the last two. Has to offer. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Cleveland fans, those first two weeks of the season were just... Oh, my God. It. The Sexland train was going 100 miles per hour. Dude, I remember watching a TikTok like three weeks in when Jamal was still like kind of cold. And it was like comparing uh, Sexton <laughs> to Jamal Murray and just like dunking on Jamal of like how bad Jamal is and how good Sexton <laughs> is and it's like alright come on it's come on it's the Cavs let's uh let's pump the brakes and uh you know maybe let this play out a bit I have to imagine it's uh it's gonna go exactly like how it's gone yep yeah alrighty well I think we're over time but it's fine um this has been a phenomenal episode of bench chatter we'll be back on sunday with a fantasy breakdown episode playoffs are looming noah yep so we will be there to break that down um but i think that's it for now stay safe and have fun follow us on tiktok